A boss babe is unapologetically ambitious and paves the way for herself and other women to rise. Keep going and fighting on. She is on a mission to be her best self in all areas. It's just believing in yourself. Confidently stepping outside her comfort zone to create her own vision of success. Vision of success. Hello and welcome to the Boss Babe Podcast, the place where we share with you the real behind the scenes of building successful businesses, achieving peak performance, and learning how to balance it all. I'm Danielle Canty, Boss Babe co-founder and your host for today's episode. So give me a yes. Actually, where are you going to send me this yes? I'm not quite sure, but just nod your head along if you have ever thought about leaving your nine to five. If you've ever had this feeling like, you know what, I'm just ready for more. I'm ready to be my own boss. I'm ready to make a change in my life. Like, I don't know what it is, but I just want to do something different. I want to have more impact. I just want to, I just want to wake up every single day doing something that I love. Well, if you're having those feelings, first of all, you are not alone. Both Amy and I completely changed our careers. She actually worked for Tony Robbins. As you guys know, I was a chiropractor. We both left our nine to five and we have not looked back since. So we also understand that although it's an amazing thing to do, it can be scary. It can be really scary. Like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to take this leap? And the good news is we dive into everything in this podcast. So if you're listening to this being like, I want to leave my nine to five, but I don't know how. In this conversation with Amy, we both share our stories, but also we're going to ask you, what are you good at? What problem would you want to solve? Where are people spending money? And what brings you joy in 2023? What are you excited about to light you up? We're going to dive into all of this. So if you are considering leaving your nine to five, if you want to start a side hustle, first of all, listen to this episode. Second of all, make sure you are following bossbabe.inc and you have your notifications on on Instagram because we give you so many free resources, so many new opportunities that you can be listening to, downloading to. We want to help you leave your nine to five. That's why we exist. We are here. We are created by entrepreneurs. We are here to support women being entrepreneurs. And we just got to have your back. So if you're not already got notifications on, go do that. If you haven't already subscribed to any of our freebies that are in this description notes, go and do that as well. And last but not least, enjoy this episode. Amy Porterfield is an absolute badass. I love her. She gives so much knowledge, so much information, and you are going to love her book, Two Weeks Notice, which she also shares about in this podcast. Okay, until next time, I'm going to leave you to dive in. Enjoy, and I will see you here next week as well. Amy, you don't know this, but before I actually started Boss Babe, I remember following you. You and Maria was really TV, and I was like following your content. So having you on the Boss Babe podcast is a very surreal, Uh, full circle moment for me. It makes my day, especially when I think about women like you who are doing big things. To think that you found me early on is like the hugest compliment. But this is like also what's so so incredible. And I always like whenever I'm telling my story, I'm like, you see me here now. But that was not my journey. I was a right. chiropractor. I had no one, no understanding of the online space. I didn't even have a social media account for the longest time. And I think, you know, your past does not dictate your future. And I know your story is really similar because, you know, people see you now, top rated podcast, hundreds of thousands of subscribers, millions of, you know, products sold yeah. and huge, huge business. But that wasn't the case. And you were actually a corporate gal. Yes. I always say that I was the perfect corporate yes girl. Like you told me to jump, I would say how high because I love to get the promotions and climb the corporate ladder and, and really just do a good job and get that great feedback. I was good at being in corporate. I liked the regular paychecks, the benefits, the paid vacations. I liked security as well. And I think a lot of people listening can relate to that. Like they want to feel secure in whatever it is they're doing. However, I was in corporate from the day I left college. And then my last corporate job was with Tony Robbins. And so for almost seven years, I got to work on the content that Tony does on stage. So unleash the power within date with destiny. If you know, Tony, you know, those events. And I got to work on that content. It was an amazing job, but here's what happened. I was in my last corporate job and Tony brought in a bunch of business owners that were running businesses online. And some of the people, you know, Brendan Bruchard was there, Frank Kern, Evan Pagan, Jeff Walker, like really big names in our industry, all guys. There wasn't no women. So no women. 
And I was asked to come into the meeting to take notes. So I literally wasn't even at the main table. I was at a side table and Tony went around and said, tell me about your businesses because he was getting more in the online space. And all I heard from these guys was freedom. They worked when they wanted, where they wanted, how they wanted. They weren't on somebody else's time or someone else's dime. And in that moment, I thought, I have never been free. I have always worked for somebody else. And if you go way back, my first boss was my dad. He was strict. He called the shots, his way or the highway. So I've always had a boss. And in that moment, I thought, I don't want a boss anymore. I want to do my own thing. But I looked at my friend who was also in the meeting and I told her, you're a writer. You have a skill set that could translate into entrepreneurship. I have nothing, like I have nothing that could create a business around, which I was very wrong. But I think a lot of people listening right now, if they're still in a nine to five job, that thought of, yeah, but I couldn't do this as a business. I couldn't, I have nothing to teach. Have you ever felt that way? Oh my God, completely. I remember because my journey was not dissimilar, but I did like a vocational degree. I did was study to be a chiropractor which is an in-person skill set. So I'm like, how can I, when I went through my whole like, you know, crisis around, oh my goodness, I really don't want to be in this chiropractic industry. I don't want to be trading time for money. I don't want to be in a low, I was like tied to a room for 15 minute appointments. It drove me insane. And I remember thinking and having this realization that, oh my goodness, I want something changed. Be like, wow, how am I ever, ever going to like create that change? So I'm actually really curious. So You had that aha moment, which I feel like is probably the, you know, 50% of the way there, right? The next 50% is like more, you know, clawing that back and being more practical, but that you have to want it first, which I don't think happens for everybody, right? Mm -hmm. They they don't even see these aha moments. So you had this aha moment, like I'm, I want to, I want to leave the corporate world. I want to start my own business. But what did it actually look like from that? Because mine then took me two years. Okay. So I'm curious what yours was like. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. For me, it took a full year for sure. And it could have easily taken two years, but I put together this little roadmap that helped me. And I outlined that in my book, Two Weeks Notice. I talk about having a roadmap to get to the day you actually leave. So for me, here's what it looked like. I was in that meeting. I realized I want freedom. I want to be my own boss. I have no idea what I'll do. So what I did for like the next six months is I started to explore things. This is the fun part. I started to take digital courses around different topics. I started listening to podcasts that I had never listened to before. I started going to conferences that was new to me. So even though I was a nine to five employee in the mornings, nights, weekends, I started to think like an entrepreneur and started to explore all these different things. And then about six months in, I thought, okay, I could teach online marketing because that's essentially what I was doing at Robbins. I could teach this, but I really have no idea how I would do that. And if I don't choose an exit date, I'm never going to leave. So at that point I said, I'm going to choose a date and I'm going to commit to it. So I chose my exit date and I put it on a post-it note and I teach this in the book. I put it on a mirror, but I didn't just look at it every day. I asked the question, what do I need to do today to get me closer and ready for that date? So whether it was, I needed to call someone or listen to a podcast or read a book or whatever it might be, Every day I did something to get me closer to that end date. And they always say that if you want real self-confidence, like if you want to really believe in yourself, you have to stick to the promises you made for yourself. So that was one of the very big first promises I made to myself. I am leaving on this date. And so then I worked up to the six months of leaving. And what that looked like was putting together a side hustle. So I started a side hustle first. I did social media for small businesses on the weekends and nights because I needed to prove to myself that I could actually make money in a different way. I didn't believe in myself at all, but actually backing up a little bit, the the way that I got through that year is I got really clear on my why, why I wanted to leave. And for me, it was really selfish. I didn't want a boss. I didn't want to be told what to do, when to do it, or how to do it. I wanted freedom. That was my why. Now today, 14 years later, my why looks different. I wake up every morning for that woman in the cubicle that knows she's made for more and doesn't know that there's this whole world out there, like what we're doing. So I think of her every day, but in the beginning, I was thinking of me. And I think it's okay to be selfish in the beginning, but you got to get clear on your why. Totally. I would love to just explore 
the feeling side of all this because yes. like you said a few things that I just want to loop back to and you know making that decision and like planting your flag in the destination I think is really powerful I always say you don't need to know how you're going to go from LA to New York you don't need to know the exact map but you need to know that you have to keep heading east and I think like setting that date is really really powerful but I really want to understand how you came overcame a lot of the probably nervousness apprehension around this like what you were I know it's a while ago but what were your emotions going through that because even though it was a while ago for me they are so real and raw like I literally remember being terrified I always told a story about being on and off my first Facebook live before anyone even came on it was 57 (laughs) seconds long I found it the other day okay so that is good (laughs) but it's just like I want us to always remember what those feelings were like because I know someone listening to this is having those exact same like trepidations and nervousness right now, but I want to be that reassurance that it's okay. It's okay. And it's so normal. So from the minute that I realized I wanted to quit from the day I left, I was full of overwhelming fear. Like what if this doesn't work? And I think what's natural for us, it comes up. What if this doesn't work? And what will people think of me? That is a big one. When you're starting to think about being your own boss, you, if you start to tell people what you'll get is people will be like, don't do that. That's very risky. Or have you thought about this? What if that doesn't work out? So the first thing is I had a lot of fear, a lot of overwhelm, but I knew early on not to tell everybody of my plans because I don't know if I would have continued to do it if I heard all the negative feedback. Sarah Blakely of Spanx tells this story that when she decided to cut the feet out of her pantyhose and create Spanx for the first time, she said, I didn't tell anyone because if they told me it wouldn't work in those days, I would have believed them. And I, I really do think that was my story as well. So I only told three people. I told my husband, my best friend, and my mom who thinks I can do anything. (laughs) No one else got to know of my plan for a good year until I left because I I knew their negative feedback was going to be about them, right? Yeah, I was literally reading a book the other week and it was sharing that. So for anyone who does get negative feedback, I think we should touch on this because it is a really important thing that most, what you're trying to do when you're starting a business is what most people want to do, but are too scared to do. And they project their own fears onto you. And it's not really that they don't believe in you. It's that they don't believe in themselves. They don't think they can do it. So they can't actually get their mind around the fact that somebody else close to them could do it. Absolutely. So they're going to project all of that on you and they do it lovingly. They care. They don't want you to be hurt, but it just doesn't serve. So first you don't need to tell a lot of people you could keep it close to your chest in the beginning. And I think that's actually really valuable. But when I think about how I felt during those times there, there's this voice that came up for me a lot, like, who are you to think that you can go out on your own? It was that negative mean girl that we all kind of have in us at times that like, I didn't believe in myself. I had no proof that this was going to work. I'd never done anything entrepreneurial, Mm. but again, I kept coming back to that. Why I would say when my worries would knock me down, my why would always pick me back up through that whole year of getting to that end date. But yeah, lots of fear, lots of nervousness. I was very afraid of being judged of people not believing in me. And overall, I just thought, what if I crash and burn? Like, what if I have to grovel back for my job? Like how embarrassing. But I think my why was compelling enough that I thought, well, then I'll grovel back for my job. Like worst case scenario, you know, there's this concept that I talk a lot about and it's called the capacity for zero. And the capacity for zero means that you're willing to start over from scratch, zero social media following, zero email, people on your email list, zero dollars in your bank. Are you willing to reinvent yourself, start over? And the more you have a capacity for zero, the more likely you are to succeed because you're like, I'll burn it down and build it back up if I have to. And that's where it's most powerful. So those listening, I want you to ask yourself, do you have a capacity for zero? Are you willing to start from scratch? Because you had to start from scratch, right? I had to, and you're in a totally different field. Like, let's talk about that for a second, because I (laughs) went from marketing to marketing. You went from chiropractor to totally different. Like, how did you even think you could bridge that gap? Like, how did that even happen? But I, I didn't know I could, Okay, you know what? I think it was my why, because the, you're either pulled towards something, which your motivation is like, let's say the sun, right? You're pulled towards a 
a vision of a life being better, right? And that can be strong enough to get someone through it. Or where you're at is so painful, you are pushed from it. Yes. And I felt like where I was at was so painful for my life. I was just like, I, it was like I was sat on a pin. And I was like, I just have to get off this pin. Yes. Like, I don't even know how I'm going to do it, what this is going to look like. But I just know where I'm at is so painful. And I also did have faith in my ability to learn. I think one of my greatest gifts is my ability to be able to ask questions. And I always say, I'm really good at being able to look stupid. Like, I won't shy away from asking that's, a question. I okay. was literally... That's hugely powerful right there. I feel like that's one of your superpowers. If you don't care about looking stupid or asking the silly question, then you can't lose because you're going to always stay in the game and figure it out. So, you know, in my book, two weeks notice, I literally map out the entire marketing plan to start a business. But I think what's most important is getting clear on your why and understanding all the self-doubt, all the triggers that are going to come up and you can still keep moving forward. Let's take a minute to talk about one of my favorite educational platforms, Masterclass. I have been referring back to this platform for years, and I love that you can simply log in and take inspirational classes from world-class coaches, no matter where you are. If you haven't explored Masterclass yet, go to masterclass.com slash boss babe and scroll through some of the categories. I think you'll really love what you see. One of the latest classes I tuned into was Anna Winter's class on creativity and leadership. She takes you into her office as Vogue's editor-in-chief and it was so inspiring to learn about her leadership style, team culture, and how she encourages creativity in her team. Not only does Masterclass have tangible business development classes that you can watch at your desk or listen to on the go, but it also includes classes in 10 other categories ranging from food, home and lifestyle, music, wellness, design, and so much more. There are over 200 classes to choose from with new classes added every month. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Plus, Every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash boss babe. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash boss babe, masterclass.com slash boss babe. Can I ask you a question about the three people you did tell? Yes. Obviously, your husband, your mom, and your best friend. Yes. How did your partner react? Okay, such a great question. So when I told my husband, Hobie, he was incredibly enthusiastic about it, but only because I was working so many long hours. We were newly married and I hardly ever saw him. I used to travel a lot for my job. So he was like, yeah, let's change it up. However, when I talk to a lot of my students, their partners aren't as supportive. So I feel like I was very for how he reacted, but a lot of spouses. So if it's the woman telling the husband, I think I want to quit my job. It's not that the husbands don't believe in their wives. What happens is they get very scared about the household. Well, what about us paying the bills? What if this doesn't work? Can't you just kind of dabble with that, but still stay in your job? And so I think it's really hard to move forward when your partner doesn't fully support what you're going to do. But in the book, I get a little controversial and I say, do it anyway. Even if you're married and your partner doesn't believe that this is a good move, you're going to have to continue to move forward or you will always regret it. You will never know. And so one of the things I talk about is sitting down with your partner and explaining to them why it matters so much to you and what it will do for your family. Because you know, having freedom to work when you want, where you want, how you want, and not being tied to somebody else's dream, you get to create this most amazing life ever. And your partner is going to get to benefit from that. I always say like the worst day as an entrepreneur, and in the book, I tell some stories that there are some very hard days. Like I almost lost my business to a partnership that wasn't working out. And so I literally thought I would lose the entire business. And that was one of my worst days. It's still better than the best day in your nine to five job because you're free. And so even if you don't have a supportive partner, you can find a supportive friend. You could find people that will support you. Do you know what was my biggest inspiration for starting a business too, was that life is hard. Yes. Like I, entrepreneurship <laughs> is difficult, yes. right? But I don't think it's any more difficult than anything else I was doing in my life. Exactly. But the highs, the opportunity and the potential for the highs were far greater. Yes than I knew I would ever experience via being employed by someone. And likewise, so were 
probably the lows. Like I feel like the the, the troughs and For the sure. peaks are like of different magnitudes. Yes. But that also is what makes it really fun. And I think one thing for me was like, I was didn't want the glass ceiling and I didn't want someone else dictating what I could earn or what I, that I think that was mine. Yours was, mine was freedom a bit to the point of getting out of this, you know, location independence. But two, it was like, I didn't want to have to ask anyone for pay rise. Right. Like I actually not very assertive in those things. <laughs> I'm like really struggling like my asks or, and I don't really like, I hate conflict and I hate that kind of thing. So I just like to do. So kind of what you're talking okay. about, the partner thing. Amen. I never went and asked for permission. I was married at the time. I just went and did the thing. And Smart. I was just like, and then obviously, you know, didn't end up working <laughs> out. <laughs> but I was just like, I don't, I don't really like having those, 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 conversations okay. I just go and do <laughs> I kind of love that like you what is it like ask for don't ask for permission ask for forgiveness, forgiveness. or whatever I'm all about that I think that's a badass way of navigating through life but I love what you said about the fact you just did it no matter what yeah. because you knew you had this desire in you and we no one knows if it's going to work out or not but it's the possibility, the opportunity is too big to not at least explore it. And I think that's what's so cool about your story that you just went for it. And I think that's how most women are going to view this. Like, I'm just going to figure this out one way or another. I feel like if you have that thing with inside you, that is, if you have been thinking about doing this and like watching other people, just know that feeling didn't go away. It's no. not going to go away. It's just going to get bigger and yes. bigger. So like actually listen to it sooner versus later, because I personally feel like if you try and shut that down, you're actually shutting down part of your identity. If that is within you, there ain't no way you're stopping that. No way whatsoever. And I got to get back to one other thing you said. Imagine, so those listening that are still in a nine to five job, imagine never having to ask for a raise for the rest of your life. Oh. Like, so amen, good. right? Mm -hmm. Or a title change or anything like that. That's why I just love entrepreneurship so much because no matter what you call the shots, you know, like you said, entrepreneurship is hard and I've had my hard days for sure. And sometimes I'm like way too overworked and I'll complain to my husband, like I'm exhausted. This is too much. And he'll jokingly say, maybe you should talk to your boss about that. I, I think she could probably <laughs> help you out. And it's true. I'm like, oh, I'm creating this chaos so I can change it. That's not always true in a nine to five job. Mm, totally. And it's like you say, you're like, sometimes you can just work as hard in a nine to five, but you're not even oh, taking. I mean, absolutely. I have a friend who's a lawyer. Her hours are ridiculous. I'm like, you work harder than me. Isn't and I get paid more Crazy, right? That's so. another thing. Oh my God. And she's so smarter true. than me. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, you really need on? to be thinking about this change. Yes. For sure. As an entrepreneur, do you find yourself wanting everyone to be an entrepreneur? I think my biggest passion is for women to build wealth and not to have all of their eggs in one basket. Yes. So you mentioned earlier, you started with a side hustle. That was exactly what I did. You know, I was sharing that it took me two years. It's because in 2016, my dad had a skiing accident. That's when I knew that I didn't want to do the rest of my career in chiropractic, even though I'd gone to school, even though I'd got that debt. Like I was just yes. like, this is not where I'm going to live out my next best part of my career. But like I also shared with you, I didn't know anything about online space. I didn't even have an Instagram account in 2016. Wow. And so I had to go through this whole journey around like, well, what does an online business look like? And I remember thinking, well, okay, I could do this coaching. I could do Amazon. And then as part of that, that's when I went in 2017 to a Brendan Bouchard event, which is where I met Natalie. I was really ambitious and none of my friends were. They did not get me at all. So this thing I'm t sharing about, like if you have that within you, what you probably also find is lots of people around you don't. Yes. And that becomes a really difficult place to be because you're like, wait a minute, I feel like this, but you don't feel like this. Like, this is confusing. So am true. I weird? Am I greedy? Am I odd? Like, why am I not content and you're content? So that sent me into a little bit of a, you know, not a spiral, but like a pondering of like, okay, I'm different. So if I'm different, how can I find people who are like me? And then that's where 
boss babe was born and the society and our communities were born because we realized that you might grow up in friendship groups and towns where people think one way, but when you're different, you need to find those people who do think differently to you because, you know, majority of the population, not entrepreneurs. And so to find that is really, really powerful. So once then I'd realized that I went into the side hustle, which was then, okay, I'm still, I'm not quitting chiropractic. I got a good salary from that. So how do I learn on the side and how do I explore and how do I try things? And God, I felt a ton of stuff before I like found my jam, but I felt like what I needed to go through was, you know, because like you say, you kind of went marketing to marketing. Mm-hmm. I was going from chiropractic to something completely different. Totally so different. I had to be a little bit more like nimble and learning and failing. And I just realized that, you know, just like a child was learning to walk, I had to learn to like find what my steps were and I might fall over. But the important thing was that I got back up again and I just kept going and I knew I needed my salary to support that exploration. Yes. So I must have spent probably in those early stages, probably about a good few, a good like several thousands of dollars in failures. But okay. then I'm look so what came from glad it. that you told your story. I've been interviewing a lot for the book and I don't get to hear the other person's story, yeah. but you, who you were before you left your job is exactly why I wrote the book two weeks notice because you didn't know exactly what you wanted to do. And most people don't. That is so normal. You've got to experiment. So I talk about this idea of coming up with your sweet spot. So a lot of people won't start their business because they're not sure what would I even do? What would I create? One, what you did is you experimented and you tried a bunch of things. And if you think of the sweet spot, there's four quadrants. The four, first quadrant is what are you good at? What do people ask you about? What do you do in your job? What do you do in your personal life that you're just really good at? Like I got to come here and your studio is at your house and you're really good at interior design. Like that could be another of your job, just for the record. If this boss babe thing doesn't work, you got another thing. <laughs> but you want to start looking at like, what are you good at? What comes natural? And so there's a few things that will come up for most women when they ask that. But the second quadrant is what problem do you want to solve? Like, what would you love to help people resolve or get to in terms of their finish line? What could you solve for people? And you want to align with what you're good at, with what you want to solve and the results you want to help people get. So you start to think about that. The third quadrant is where are people spending money? So if you start to think about what you're good at and what you might want to create a business around, are there books about it? Are there other people marketing in that arena, which is a good sign? Are people paying money for that? And if they are great, and this is where I've got to stop and say, a lot of women will say, but it's already been done before. What I want to do is already being done by X, Y, Z. And I remind women that there's 7 billion people in this world and there is enough room for all of us. And women like you and me want to make more room at the table. We don't want to push women out. We want to invite women in. And so I really do see that shift happening more and more. So just because one woman's doing it doesn't mean you can't do it as well. And then the fourth quadrant is what brings you joy. Because we can't be creating a business around something that we don't absolutely love. So when you start to think about what you're good at, problems you want to sell, want to solve, what people pay for and what brings you joy, you start to kind of develop your sweet spot. So I wanted to share that because there's some women here that do believe that they don't have anything that could be a business. Everybody does. I love that you shared that and there's so much like good stuff in that. So I feel like people should rewind this and listen to that again and do that, those quadrants. And just like you were saying, the biggest hurdle that most people need to take is not in the skill set, is not in the strategy. It's the mindset Uh, that I can do this. Amen. I've started saying like this Pareto's principle, which is like, you know, 80%, it's like applies to customers that 80% of your revenue will come from 20% of your customers, right? But I think that business is about 80% mindset and 20% skill. I honestly believe that anybody can be an entrepreneur if they have the right mindset. Like it's not, I am not the smartest in the room. I'm sure you would say you're not the smartest in any room you go into. The key thing about being an entrepreneur is about being able to inspire and to lead and to build, you know, a team around you. Like I love it when my team are like, no, Danielle, I don't think that's a good idea. (laughs) Oh my goodness. You're right. It's, your idea's yes. better. Let's do your idea. Like oh, that's what it's the about. Best. And I just think when people realize that it's not about how smart you are or the things that you know, it's your ability to fall down and get back up again. It's about your ability to ask questions, your ability to receive feedback, your ability to 
try the thing and get it wrong and then tweak it and see it as not as a failure but as a learning like that's the biggest thing that I think sets successful entrepreneurs against not successful entrepreneurs it's true it's like doing it even when you're scared doing it even when not everybody in your life is going to believe you can do it going for it no matter what I think is literally what separates us from anyone who doesn't give it a shot And you're right. We're not the smartest people in the room and we're not extra special. And people could say, well, you had this or you had that. I don't believe it. I mean, if you got in my head at that time, you'd think this woman's never going to make it because she's absolutely terrified. So that I know for sure. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so the thing we had in common, we were both terrified. Terrified, (laughs) yes. Terrified. Did you worry about what other people would think? That was a big one for me. Yes, I did because... I didn't really tell anyone what I was doing, yeah. honestly. I I didn't even tell my mum and dad, really. Okay, so just, you really kept it close. I, yeah, I lived like two and a half hours from them and I was like really busy. So I just started doing things, but I never sat down and was like, hey, like I'm going to be doing this. I was just like buying courses and educating myself and learning. And I spent, I already worked probably about six to they say nine till five. I'm like, who works at nine till five? I worked at eight till six at least. And then all I the add on my commute. Yes. So I would just use my lunch breaks and all my weekends and doing those aspects. And I felt like I didn't have kids at the time. But even if you have kids, it's like you just have to work out where you're slotting it in. Like yes. between clients, I would have 30 minutes and I would do something then. So I never really sat down and told anyone what I was doing. And then obviously as it started like gaining traction, people would ask more questions. But even then I was really cagey and I didn't, it didn't mean to be, but it's just like kind of like what you were saying and what Sarah said, like I I couldn't deal with people telling me that I might not succeed yeah. because I lacked so much confidence. And I just want people to know I did not have confidence at this point. Like I didn't, I literally was terrified of social media. And I remember in the early years of Boss Babe, Natalie's role was like marketing and content. And my role was ops, legal and product. So my job was to make sure all the content and the teaching, I was, I was naturally a good teacher. I'd always taught like dance and stuff like that. So the teaching was my job. Um, and the, the content I would master and the customer services and all these pieces, and then it got to a point where people are asking me more my opinions. And then Natalie was like, you should come and do more on the Instagram channel. It was the hardest thing for me ever to do. And I think part of that was because I was, I cared what people think. I was worried that people wouldn't like me. I was worried that people wouldn't think I was good at it. And I really had a lot of hangups about that. And that stood in my way for the longest time. Absolutely. Because, and I remember doing this thing in the society, those of the, in the OGs will remember this. We basically ran a, so we teach a master, like we have someone come in and teach a masterclass yes. every single month. So we've had Jamie Kern Lima teach. We've had like the most powerful women in there. Like they've run seven, eight, nine figure businesses. They come in. And in the early days, I asked this woman to come in and do one on social media and going live. Yeah. And I basically curated a challenge that was 30 days long where everyone in it had to show up on stories okay, for 30 love days. this. And it was basically so I could you, hold myself yes. accountable it's to brilliant. showing up on stories. I can't believe Because I, I wouldn't do it. I remember seeing something you did on social where you talked about how you dreaded posting on oh social. God. And I thought, there's no way. That was 2019. It wasn't even that long ago. I cannot believe that. Anyone listening, I want you to remember that. That when I see you on social now, I feel like you were made to do that. Like it was so easy for you. Not only do you look gorgeous and sound intelligent, but it looks like it's easy to know that it wasn't in the beginning is such a great lesson that we all need to remember when people see us build our businesses and the things we do, it might look easy now, but everyone starts with, this is awkward. I look like an idiot. What am I doing? What are people going to think? We all have that. So I guess I wanted to kind of really punctuate that point to say, do it even though you have all those feelings, because now, now does it feel easier for you that you've been doing it for so long? Yeah, 100%. And also I still have moments where I'm like, is that good content? Like who's (laughs) going to watch this? Like, am I doing a good job? my life. I know. You know what? I want to share this because I get the real behind the scenes, right? I get to interview the most epic people. Yes. And people you would think they're like absolutely amazing. They have so much confidence. They have no issues. You know what? Everyone says to me after a podcast, what? Did I do good? Did I do okay? (sighs) Was that all right? Are they going to like it? Okay. And, that, I, and you just, and I'm not, 
just go through who I've had on this podcast. Yes. Even like, I'm sure Brendan won't mind me saying, even after I did my podcast with Brendan, which hasn't actually been released yet, he was like, turned to me and was like, was that good? Was, do you think your audience will like it? And like, are you kidding? Are yeah. you kidding me? You're Brendan Bouchard. Yes, everything that man Jay says is Shetty's good. Jay Shetty's like, was that good? And I mean, it's so interesting to me that yes. people you put on pedestals, they still have, and no one is 100% confident all the time. No. And I think that's the biggest realization that everyone gets to have, that everyone is human. Everyone has moments where they are just thriving and they feel really good about what they're doing. And they also have moments where they're a little bit more unsure and they just want to do a good job and they want to, you know, support people listening and... I just think when you realize that, it makes you overcoming your shit yes. a lot easier. A lot because easier. everyone's overcoming something. It's mm. so true. And a little tip for the overcoming. So you have all these feelings. You're feeling insecure. Things You're not even sure how they're going to come together. One thing that has worked for me immensely is to just get into action. Action creates clarity. And so the other day, I woke up and I was in a funk. And nothing was going right. And I'm feeling like out of sorts. And so I kind of sat with it and I'm like, okay, today is not a great day. And I have battled depression and anxiety since I was really young. So I know what that feels like. But then I thought, okay, so I could just stay in this feeling all day or I could feel it and also get it to work. And so I thought, I'm just going to get to work. So I started to kind of tackle some little stuff and then some bigger stuff. And instantly those feelings went away. I didn't have time to think about them because I was in action. So when you're starting a business and you have no idea what to do, that's the thing I hear from most people. I want to quit my nine to five job, but I have no idea what to do. That's why I wrote the book two weeks notice to give you a guide to, of what to do, but also just do something, just do something. I remember when I was still at my nine to five job, I didn't know what the heck I was going to do or how I was going to create a business. But there was this one girl online that she was building a business like I wanted, like the business I thought that I wanted. She doesn't do it anymore. She moved over to software, but at the time she had digital courses. She was on social, all that stuff. So I DM'd her and I said, can I pay you for an hour of your time to tell me about your business? I know this is not what you typically do, but I want to learn how you have this business. And she said, yes. Shoot your shot. So yeah. So what I did is during my lunch hour, I got, this is so ridiculous, under my desk because I was afraid people would hear or the walls were really thin. So I got under the desk and I'm whispering like, can you tell me about your business? I'm sure she thought this was very (laughs) weird, but she told me everything. This is what I love about women. They just will give you all the details, the good, bad, and ugly. And she did. And that was literally one of my first big action steps to start formulating my own business. So lean on the women who have gone before you because we are very, women are a great community that will share all the stuff they really are and I feel like we've always said this in Boss Bay but I see this so much in our community too collaboration over competition yes and it was funny I'm just redoing a training for the society which is our community where female entrepreneurs connect build and grow and in there the testimonials are insane but the biggest thing that kept jumping out to me was how much they've supported each other and it's like, oh my goodness, like, th- and they're sharing their wins. They're like, thanks for supporting me along yes. this journey. And they mean boss babe community, but they also mean the women as part of the boss babe community because when they share wins, they're actually getting people congratulating them. And sometimes it's really hard to share these wins with your existing family or friends because they're not on this journey and they don't quite get it. So surrounding yourself and the power of surrounding yourself with people who support the actions that you're taking is really, really powerful. Yes. So I want to ask you a few questions because you are known for marketing, Amy, (laughs) and marketing guru there. Yes. So what do you think as we head into 2023 and beyond, what do you think are going to be really important marketing methods for businesses? If you're starting or if you're just growing, what are things that you think people should really be investing in and keeping their eyes on? So there's a tried and true strategy that I I can't literally move on without talking about first, and that is focusing on your email list. Now, this is not new, right? It's not new, but it's so important. I always say that social media is fickle. If you only grow on Instagram, let's say, you're building your business on rented land. Let's pretend that you built your whole business on Twitter. Elon Musk comes in, you don't like how he's managing it, and now you want off, but your whole 
business is built there, you're screwed. And so, but you own your email list. You own the people, you own the names and emails on that email list, meaning you get to, you get to engage with that list. You can cultivate that list and email converts four times higher than social media. And so my first marketing big tip is start your email list. The best time to start it was yesterday. So the next best time is today. It's that kind of thing. I went two years without focusing on my email list and I did my very first launch. I made a whopping $267 and then cried for a week. And looking back, I didn't do well because I didn't have an email list. I didn't have an engaged audience that was looking forward to hearing from me. So if you do just one thing when you're getting started, start that email list. That's a big one. I hear that. And honestly, you know, this podcast is all about the behind the scenes I've been like openly talking about that. I so wish we'd focused on that email list. Amen. Me company. too. Like we literally did not, like we were all social first yeah. and then email second. And we're really pivoting that. We're very, very excitingly just launched a newsletter because nice. we really want to be making sure that we're supporting and giving the most value and just getting people excited to opening their inbox to us. So I, I really think that's, you know, so powerful. And I hear some people being like, oh, but email's going to go away. It's not. Think about everyone who opens their email. What is it being yes. replaced with? Text messages are not replacing it. No way. Because they're sure and they're so much more intrusive. So I really agree. I think if you're going to start with anything, start with like the social to understand and then very, very quickly yes. getting people onto email. I think social works in a way that's like, you're already using social, right? Start testing your ideas and understandings, but as so quickly as possible, getting them onto an email address. Uh, absolutely. So Moving them over. It's huge. And so last year, Instagram and Facebook went down for like half a day or something. You remember yeah. that? You would remember. So yes. the day Facebook and Instagram went out, down, I coincidentally sent an email that morning for one of my products that I've had for years. So while Facebook and Instagram were down, we made thousands of dollars with just one email to a segment of my list. And that day was such a great reminder to say like, I can always make money in my business if I have an email list. That's not necessarily the case if social media goes down. And so what an email list will do for you is it will give you confidence knowing you will always be able to grow your business yeah. and business gets way easier. The bigger your email list gets and the more engaged it gets. So it's something that you just can't pass on. But to go back to your question, like what's working in 2023, what are we seeing? Another thing that I think is really working right now is actually people putting a little skin in the game. So you know how you've got free challenges, free boot camps, a lot of free. I do a lot of free as well. But last year I pivoted to paid boot camps instead of free boot camps. And when I say paid, they're like $37 to engage in one of my boot camps. What we saw was huge engagement just by putting a little money in. And so I think people are holding on to their money tighter in 2023 as we kind of navigate a possible recession. And I think they, anything they spend, they're taking it seriously. So they they tend to show up more. You pay, you pay attention. So even having a low entry point to some kind of product, I think it's even better than doing a lot of stuff free. We haven't done that actually. We do a lot, you say a lot of stuff free, but I was considering that so thanks for sharing and I just want to highlight that I, even that information that you just shared is such a gift for so many people listening to that and that just like kind of highlights the point that we're sharing of like how generous women can really be with their yeah. knowledge because that honestly can make someone thousands of dollars if they implement straight away like if Absolutely. I turn that on right now I'm like wow I actually would probably make a lot of money from just doing that one thing and raise conversions, etc. And yes. I think that people listening just know that, you know, whatever position you are in right now, sometimes you might think, oh my goodness, like no one's actually sharing stuff that really does work. But let me tell you, they do. They do. Like yes. really do. Like we always say like no fluff, no BS on our trainings. Amen. Like we don't gatekeep, we're just giving you because we're the same. We just want more women to have more wealth. Like I genuinely believe the world would be a better place if we had more women with more wealth and in more positions of power. Absolutely. I have no doubt in my mind. I literally wanted to write the book because I want more women to step up and say, I'm going to control my destiny. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to call the shots because when you have more wealth, you can do amazing things with it. And so when you're in a nine to five, you will always be capped. You will always hit a glass ceiling at one point or another, but 
when you're an entrepreneur, literally the sky is the limit. Yeah. Like it changes everything. So why I believe you, that. Why did you decide to write the books? It's your second book, right? It's my first book. It, it's your first. Yes. I, I thought it was your first. And then I yes. thought I read something that said it was your second. And I was like, wait, did I miss one? Well, you're not <laughs> totally wrong. Way back in the day, I contributed to a dummies book, those okay. big yellow oh, books. Okay, yeah, and it. it was Facebook marketing for dummies, but I okay. do not count that. So okay. this is officially my first book. Because it's, it's and, a labor of love. Oh so my gosh. How did this hardest come about? thing I've ever done is write this book. And I think what was most hard about it was telling the stories I didn't want to tell. Mm -hmm. So I kind of alluded to that one story where I got a partner about three years into my business where I had almost hit a million dollars in one year in my business. And for some reason, I believe that I needed a man to help me. Like I couldn't continue to do this alone. And so within like an overnight decision, I took on a 50, 50 partner of a business I had birthed. And I tell the story in the book about how it was really good. And then it wasn't. And it almost cost me having to dissolve the entire business. And so I tell stories like that. I didn't want to tell that story because it's embarrassing, but, but I know women are going to need to hear this to help them kind of sidestep some of the big mistakes you can make as an entrepreneur. Yeah. So I wrote the book to have a book. I wish I had this book 14 years ago. I wish someone kind of showed me, this is how you get started from scratch. And also there's a big theme in the book called unbossing. Now, Gabby Bernstein helped me come up with that term. Like I was telling her why I thought this book was important. And she's like, oh yeah, we need to have more women unboss themselves. And basically it's this concept of believing that you can lead yourself without having anyone else lead you. Yeah. You don't need a man to lead you. You don't need a partner. If you don't want one, you can literally do this by yourself, but a lot of women have not led themselves yet. So it's a process of starting to believe and making the mistakes and getting back up and starting to prove to yourself, no, I can actually lead myself. I don't need anyone else. So the book is also kind of, I take you on this journey of of how I unbossed myself and how painful it was, but it doesn't need to be that painful. You also just said something which I would love to kind of just touch on. You were like, oh, it's hard to tell the story because it's embarrassing. So why, embarrassing. Why? Yeah. Why is it embarrassing? Because I feel like... Great point. It was... We all have decisions it, that don't necessarily work out. You know, it felt embarrassing to mm -hmm. tell the story because... I made some decisions that were so quick. I didn't even research it or yeah. think about it. I think it came out of a, a little bit of a desperation. Like, I want this so bad. What if it doesn't mm -hmm. work? Maybe bring someone else to help me. And also at one point, like there was a year that I don't know if I've ever cried so much in that year because I was so afraid. So that feels embarrassing that like, here I am in this puddle, but I think every entrepreneur has been in a puddle on the ground crying because they're so scared something doesn't work. That's just part of the game. Yeah. I'm glad you shared it because I do believe the more we normalize it, the better, because we learn from our own mistakes. We also learn from other people's mistakes. Yes. And, you know, there's a million reasons why that may or may not have worked out. Yes. And I think the thing that I just have also realized on my journey through personal life, through divorce and transition there too, is that things, these experiences make us stronger. Amen. And so... I look back and I think I'm probably just pulling this out a little bit because I had to really work a lot on shame and embarrassment of my marriage not working mm -hmm. out. And I just want to free like so many people from like, not every decision you make is a good decision it's and that true. is okay. You don't need to be embarrassed about it and we can let go of this because otherwise we just lock ourselves in to these like, you know, emotions, which only really silence ourselves or like make us feel bad not right. anyone else so I'm so pleased that you shared that. oh yeah and I love that you kind of just gave me a gift like I don't need to be embarrassed no. about these stories and I know they're going to help other women so yeah. I really should be proud that I overcame this and now here I am to tell the story and that you're able to realize why you made the decision that you did at that time because that's how you do learn and grow versus yes. like oh you know, I just made this decision. That was it. I was like, oh, I made it because I didn't know I could do it on my own. And I probably didn't have the confidence that I really wanted at that time. So true. But now, but then to buy your business partner out, that also takes a huge oh. amount of confidence. So you must have grown so much in that period to then make that decision. Cause that's it's like the two extremes. So true. I'll give you the little punchline of that. I take you through the whole story in the book, but the punchline is I went from 5 million the year that I got out of the partnership to 16.5 million the next year. Wow. 
And so it was, it wasn't all about the money. It was really about how I showed up. Like for Mm. the first time, I think I authentically showed up as myself and said, I'm going to do this no matter what. And when you really step into your power, when you're like, I'm going for it, no matter what the money comes, Yeah, that money doesn't have to lead the money will come. So it was a huge pivotal point in my career. Things don't happen for you. They happen to you, right? Uh, yes. So like how amazing that you had the blessing of buying yeah. him out and I, yes. moving forward. I believe everything happens for me. And that was a lesson I've learned along the way that nothing is going to come my way that's not supposed to be meant for me. Mm-hmm. And so I continue to tell myself what is meant for me will find me. And that experience really solidified that. I love that. So the book is on sale right now. Yes. Where two weeks notice mm-hmm. everywhere books are sold, but I always have <laughs> bonuses. So two weeks notice uh-huh. You can get the book and you can get some fun bonuses. So two weeks notice book.com. Love that. What are the yeah. bonuses? We created bonuses for pre-sell mm-hmm. and then we're going to have a surprise bonus for anyone who buys when it's out. So we are still working on that because at the time of this recording, the book's yeah. not out yet. Love it. So we will have a bonus for those that it, the book's not even Can out. Can we yet. also just share this too, right? Yeah. So you might be listening to this thinking you have to have every single thing figured out like weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks before, but also just give yourself permission to be like, okay, like what are, like, I mean, the book's we're recording this at the beginning of January. So the book's in about like five weeks, six weeks out, six weeks out, right? And some of those things are still not dialed in. That is okay. That is okay. so much time still. Yes. And I just think just sharing that behind the scenes side too, because- one thing I noticed is, have you ever heard LinkedIn did this whole, you know, research project on the people that apply for jobs and a man will apply for a job when he can only do 30% of what is on the job description. Oh, a this. woman needs to have 80%. She know she needs to know she can do 80% of what's on that job description before she'll apply. And so I've seen over and over again, women not taking the leap because they're trying to get to 80% done before they'll even launch the thing, post the thing, do the thing. And this is a great example of, look, actually when you do find your momentum and you do start moving forwards, because I was that person, I wanted 80% done all the time before I did anything. Whereas now I'm like, Six weeks out is so much time. We don't even need so to have much had time. That. And so I just yes. wanted to give that. Yes. That, so we have you know, one more that. bonus to create for those that yeah, buy awesome. once the book's and out. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. And we have time. But you're right. We can't, if we wait till everything is figured yeah. out, we will never launch anything. Yeah. And so giving permission, I think we need to share more of that. Like we don't have it all dialed in every minute of the day and we're still doing well. Yeah, so it's, exactly. we're proof that you can, you can get by without having the 80%. I love that. Well, Amy, thank you so much for coming on and being such an inspiration and just being so raw and vulnerable on this podcast. Like that to me is what really matters because I think that social media is very much a highlight reel. It's very hard to like get a lot of points across in those 60 second windows. And so the podcast for me is just really a place where women get to like really feel understood and seen and know that they're not alone on this journey. Well, I love everything about what you do. So thank you so much for having me. This has been such a treat. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode on the Boss Bay podcast, then I'd absolutely love it if you leave us a review. As a thank you, we'll send you our side hustle success kit your simple no BS guide to keeping track of everything that you need to do to start and grow your business. To access this freebie, all you need to do is leave us a review, then share a screenshot of your review with contact at bossbabe.com and we'll send this must-have kit straight to your inbox.